Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Shooting the Sports Podcast with Ebony and Ivory. My name's Jonathan. I'm the Ebony. And my name's Nick, and I'm the Ivory. Welcome into episode 17. Sorry we're a few days late getting this episode out. Good news is, we will be putting out two episodes this week. Today, we are going to cover tight ends. But before we get started, John, what's uh, what's new in the world? Not much. Um, took a couple days off. Happy to be back. Um, definitely been doing a lot more fantasy football drafts. I'm very excited to uh, to get my trophy back from you. You know, yeah. No, that's that's probably not going to happen. But you know, I like your enthusiasm. Uh, I've actually myself been doing been doing quite a few mocks and getting ready for the season. I think our draft is a little less than three weeks away. I think 20 days, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, no, I'm getting counting or anything. Of course, no, I'm definitely counting at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm so, definitely excited for that, though. Definitely excited. Um, this should be a good one, though. Tight ends. Uh, normally, in recent years, you know, tight ends are not the not the best position to be talking about. Um, you know, normally, if you don't have one of the top two guys, you're kind of you know SOL this year. I think it's a little bit different this year. Uh, looking at the at the group we got. You know, I think there's there's obviously two guys that, that still stand out above the rest, but I think any of the other guys that we're going to talk about today, um, you definitely are going to have a chance to have a good finish at the tight end position this year. 100%. And I mean, uh, I guess without further ado, let's just jump right in. Absolutely. Yeah, let's get started. Uh, first off the board, I don't think it's any surprise. First off on first on my list, first on your list, number one, Travis Kelsey, Um not much, not much else to say about him. You know, last season, 92 catches, 1,125 yards, nine touchdowns. They lose Tyreek Hill in that offense. Uh, you know, they don't really have a true number one receiver this year. You know, it's just some numbers to look at. at with the last four years with Tyreek Hill, this man has averaged 99 receptions. Average 99 receptions, and that's with one of the most, you know, explosive receivers in football. I really like Travis Kelsey as the number one overall this year at the tight end spot. Um, I think he gets even more targets without Tyreek Hill around. I just, I, I think it's set up for him uh, to just to have an outstanding year. I will say, I agree with you. There's not much to say about Travis Kelsey. The only thing I would like to point out, and granted, I just want to this, I just want to say this on record. This does not mean I would not take Travis Kelsey one. This does not mean I think he is his ADP is too high because Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. I worry about the same thing as far as Derrick Henry, as far as the volume that he gets. He is getting up there in age, and eventually father time does catch up. I just don't know what year that's going to happen. He is 32, approaching 33. So I just want that out there in the back of our in the back of our um, you know, listeners' minds. You know, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because one of the things that I wanted to mention with Travis Kelsey, um, just for comparison, he is getting up there in age, like you said. Um, he's 32 years old. Just for comparison's sake, Tony Gonzalez, probably the greatest tight end of all time uh, in many people's minds. He was nine out of 10 years, was a top three tight end going, up, going into his year 32 year. His year 32 year, he finished as a top three. That was his last dominant season at tight end. So I'm not saying that's going to happen this year with Travis Kelsey. I'm just comparing you brought up age and that he's getting up there. You don't know how much longer he's going to be able to keep it up. The greatest tight end of all time, his last dominant year was this season for Travis Kelsey. So a lot of people compare the two. Will Kelsey have, you know, more of a, a Tom Brady-esque end of his career where it just kind of keeps going? I don't know, um, but I do think that's a, an interesting comparison just to think about. I think that's a perfect comparison. I will say for my own personal draft strategy, um, it would have to be the perfect storm as far as where Travis Kelsey drops in order for me to go take him just because there are those extra variables with Tyree Kill not being there. Um, some people say, quote, unquote, you know, people have figured out the Chiefs offense a little bit. Maybe the volume's not there. Maybe you want to take a shot at someone younger. Um, the only argument I will make is 
for the Titans that you can punt and take a, and take later, let's say eight, nine, tenth round that have the potential to get to that top six, top five points. If you draft Travis Kelsey and he is not your number one, it's a disappointing season for you. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up, um, you know, draft strategy. Just a little foreshadowing coming up. I believe it'll be next week. Um, actually, I take that back. In two weeks, I believe we will be doing our mock draft uh, where we will do the mock from the positions that we'll be taking in our own drafts this year. So definitely stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, just to finish up with Travis Kelsey real quick, you know, I think the volume's still going to be there, especially without Tyreek Hill with no true number one receiver. I think he's going to get a lot of volume. It's a matter of is his age, is his body going to be able to hold up? That we'll have to see. I definitely have high hopes. I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a dominant year. I think majority of those targets go to him and you know, it's business as usual next year is next year. You know, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Number two is uh Mark Andrews, Baltimore Ravens. So I know this one was interesting. Um, t- tell me a little bit about what you feel about this one. Cause I know we both were kind of consensus on, I believe I had Mark Andrews three, you had him two. Yes. Yeah. I had Mark Andrews uh, number two. Uh, he finished tight end one last year. 107 catches, 1,361 yards, nine touchdowns. Look, nobody gives it to... Okay, I take that back. Only one team passes to the tight end more than the Ravens, um, and that's a team we'll get to a little bit later, but he accounted for over 27% of his team's total targets. So for Mark, for me, Mark Andrews, that, that team is not going to pass six, 700 times in a season. You know, that's not Lamar Jackson's style. Even if a backup comes in, you know, it, it's still not going to be that high of a volume. But he's going to do a lot of work with the volume that he gets. 107 receptions last year on a team that does not pass the ball very often. You know, I, they lose Hollywood Brown. I think that opens it up even more for him. And the thing that sticks out for me that I honestly, I'll be, I'll be completely honest, did not realize this until about maybe an hour and a half ago, Mark Andrews is still only 26 years old. He's still very young. Yeah, he, exactly. He feels like an old man, doesn't he? He feels like he's getting up there with Travis Kelsey. Feels like he's, it feel, it's, it's almost kind of like, you know, some of the wide receivers that have been in the league for a while, but they're young. So exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. He's still very young. I just, I like Mark Andrews, you know, like I said, I think the volume that Travis Kelsey is going to get is going to keep him number one. Um, but I'm pretty confident that Mark Andrews goes goes number two or finishes up number two this year. And honestly, when you explained it that way, I was very much inclined to give him number two. Um, if you have nothing left, I'd like to move to number three and kind of make my argument for why I thought this person should have been number two because I know it was very, very close when we talked about it. No, go right ahead. So number three, we actually had Kyle Pitts. So my argument for Kyle Pitts was – completely non-stats. It wasn't stats. It was completely availability. The man doesn't miss games. No one can guard him. And Calvin Ridley is gone for the year. Very much how you said that Mark Andrews is on a team that doesn't throw the ball enough a lot and there's no true number one receiver. I kind of feel the same with Kyle Pitts now that Kyle Ridley is gone. Now, that being said, I know what everyone's going to say. Marcus Mariota is the quarterback. He is not Lamar Jackson. We know Marcus Mariota is not Lamar Jackson. We know Marcus Mariota is not even a top 15, maybe not even a top 20 quarterback. But my whole thing is he did a lot of checkdowns when he did. And Kyle Pitts, you can line up anywhere. You can line him up at receiver. You can line him up at tight end. You can line him up anywhere. So for me, in a in a on a team where I feel like there's even less options than the Baltimore Ravens, with a younger tight end in Kyle Pitts, who I think has more physical attributes than Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts is my number two, not by a lot, but by a little. Yeah, I, I partially partially agree, partially disagree with the with the assessment. I, I think as far as the teams go, I, I think with the exception of Lamar Jackson, those teams are very, very similar. Neither team has a whole lot outside of their tight end options. Um, and I, and I don't hate the Kyle Pitts, the Kyle Pitts pick here, uh, 68 receptions, a thousand yards last year, only one touchdown. I, I think if 
Kyle Pitts gets five or six touchdowns this year. You know, he finished tight end six last year. I think five or six touchdowns would have put him in the tight end two or three range, I believe. I think he would have still finished just outside Kelsey and Andrews. But, yeah, I mean, he's the second tight end ever to have a 1,000 yards in his rookie year. And do you know who the – pop quiz, do you know who the only tight end in history to have a 1,000 yards in his rookie season is? Mm, Kyle Pitts fell. It is not Tony Gonzalez. It was Mike Ditka, 1961. Really? Yeah, the old, uh, old Chicago Bear, uh, former Bears coach, kind of a legend around these parts. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like Kyle Pitts. I think I think you're right. I don't think that team has a whole lot. I think he's going to get a lot of volume. And Marcus Mariota, he's already shown, you know, with Delaney Walker that he can make do with a tight end and he can, he can give targets to that tight end and be serviceable with, you know, with what he's got. I, I don't I, I don't hate it. I, I really don't. You know, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a top five, top five tight end. And I think, you know, like I said at the beginning, if you don't have Andrews or Kelsey, any one of these other guys is going to have the potential to be top three to top five. I, I, I really think it go could go either way. Like I said, with Kyle Pitts last year, it was mainly the touchdowns. He just only scored one touchdown all season. And like you said, he was available for every game, did not miss a single game, and only had one touchdown. So if that improves, I think this spot, three for Kyle Pitts, I think that's a great spot. Potential maybe to be, you know, maybe challenge Mark Andrews for that number two spot. But yeah, I think without without scoring more touchdowns, it's going to be hard for him to improve even on tight end six last year. I think with where I think with where these two fall, I think the one thing we can both agree on is we won't be surprised if they flip flop. We won't be surprised if Pitts is two and Andrews is three, and vice versa. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a good spot for him. Like I said, um, and he's definitely got the potential to to pass Mark Andrews up there. Uh, he's definitely going to have to have a better scoring season. One hundred percent. So who do we got for number four, Nick? Number four, uh, finished tight end four last year. We have him ranked fourth in our consensus this year. Um, I had him fourth in my rankings. You had him fourth in your rankings. Uh, four seems to be his number. Uh, but George Kittle, the San Francisco 49ers, look, he's going to have a completely different quarterback this year. We don't have really any stats to look at and to compare and to say, this is what Trey Lance is going to do with an elite tight end. It could be good. It could be bad. You know, George Kittle doesn't miss many games. He missed three last year. Um, still had 71 receptions, 910 yards, caught six touchdowns. I, so, I'm not sure about George Kittle. I'll be honest. I, I think I think he had 94 targets last year. He was still a huge part of that offense. I, I don't know. If he stays healthy, I think I think this could be a very dangerous uh, dangerous duo, you know, as a young rookie quarterback, you're going to want a good tight end as a safety blanket. And I think that Trey Lance looks for him early and that they develop some kind of, some kind of rapport early on. And I think, I think Kittle ends up having a great season. Okay. I go back and forth on George Kittle and I know you and I've had multiple conversations about this. Um, yes. For all intents and purposes, he did still stay healthy last year. Um, before that, you know, not so much for me, it's Trey Lance is the question mark. I truly believe in him. I think he has the talent. I think he has the capabilities. I just don't know how much he's going to look for him. So for me, it's one of those things. George Kittle is a big question mark for me. Now when we're talking tight end rankings. I think he's the perfect tight end rank as far as where it is. But for me personally, I'm avoiding George Kittle in my draft simply because he is not consistent enough for where he's going in ADP. 100%. Not a guy that I'm looking for in my draft. Um, If you do go with George Kittle, be prepared for the up and down season. Um, There's definitely potential for that. It could be a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Um, And, you know, on the flip side, he could easily be tight end two or three if Trey Lance likes him. If they develop some kind of connection, and he looks Kittle's way a lot, similar to Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews. He could have a really good finish. He's definitely going to have to stay stay healthy. Um, he's missed some games the last three seasons with injuries. So, but yeah, he stays healthy. Look out because George Kittle, he's still a very great player, still an elite tight end. 
again, 71 receptions, missed three games, would have easily broken 1,000 yards. So George Kittle, definitely somebody to hang on to, but again, be prepared for those inconsistencies. So I think that's my problem, right? I 100% agree with you. George Kittle could be the number two, number three. Hell, he has the potential to be number one, depending on what happens with Travis Kelsey. He's that talented. He's that dangerous. The problem is you don't know which George Kittle you're going to get. And to quote the phrase that you and I always use, that's not someone I want to ride that lightning with. No, I don't want to pick him up in the fourth, fifth, sixth round of our draft and have to ride that inconsistent lightning when I can punt my tight end till round eight, nine, 10, 11, and get someone who has the potential to go in the same spot as George Kittle, or at least if I get that inconsistency, I'm not losing out on other draft value. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you on that, you know, and I think this next guy coming up here, I think he's kind of the, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with him as well. Uh, and that's our, our number five consensus tight end, Darren Waller finished as the tight end 17 last year. He obviously was hurt. He missed six games. Um, and as far as average points per game for tight end goes, he was tight end six, had a very good, very good season in the games that he did play in the 11 games he played had 55 receptions, 665 yards, two touchdowns was coming off back to back 1100 yard seasons. My inconsistencies with him, obviously the injury is that going to be something that lingers around? Is that going to be something that becomes, you know, more of an issue? Six games is quite a bit of time and it wasn't, you know, I, I had him last year on my team, and the one thing that I remember is it didn't seem like he was going to miss that many games, and it turned into six games. So that tells that tells me it was something a little more serious and something that's possible to linger on later. Well, so, I mean, here's my thing. I 100% agree with you on all of that. My issue, and I want to, I want to pose this question to you after I give my opinion— and I never thought I'd say these words in the years we've done fantasy football together, but do we feel like the Raiders are almost too talented that there won't be room for Waller this year? Josh Jacobs is still there. You still have Hunter Renfro and all the secondary wide receivers. And then, of course, you have Devontae Adams moving over there with Josh McDaniels, who, let's be honest, he likes to check down to his running backs if he is checking down. So I'm just curious with the changing of the head coach, the adding of Devontae Adams, and the talent the Raiders still remain, is there going to be room for Waller to be that tight end, to be that dude? You know, I, I think there will be. Um, obviously, Devontae Adams is going to be a huge target monster. Um, but I think this is a case of simply can Waller stay healthy? If Waller is on the field, the targets are going to be there. Last year, the team at, for the tight end spot, that team averaged about eight, end, eight targets per game to the tight end spot. And that was with or without Waller on the field. Uh, that was the games that Waller played. He averaged about eight and a half targets a game. The six games he didn't play, the, they had 48 targets to the tight end. So I don't think the offense changes a whole lot. Um, maybe if anything, he might lose a couple, but I still think it comes down to, can he stay healthy? They're not going to keep all those players on the field just because they were on the team last year. They're still going to have the same amount of people on the field. They're still going to run their offense. It's going to be Adams. It's going to be Renfro. It's going to be Jacobs and it's going to be Waller. And those are going to be the four main guys for that team. I don't think there's too men, too much talent there. No. Like I said, I think it's going to be business as usual with those four guys. It's going to be a matter of where does Waller rank in the pecking order with the new head coach? Fair enough. And, you know, I, I, I can't disagree. Um, I definitely think injuries first. I was just more curious because, you know, Devontae Adams, the reason I bring that up is because the sheer volume he was getting, I believe it was, um, something insane in the early 30 percentage, like 30. Yeah, but he was also playing with a quarterback that he had been playing with for multiple, multiple seasons. I mean, he's who's also a Hall of Famer. But he's playing with a quarterback that he ha- already had uh, rapport with in college and that they have stayed best friends and worked out together throughout the off seasons. They've been in the league together. 
And, and again, and I am not denying and not doubting that Adams is going to be a target monster this year for him. Um, I, I, like I said, I still think that the tight end position itself is going to average six or seven targets a game. And at that rate, if, again, if Waller can stay healthy through, you know, through an entire 17 game season, you know, we're still talking even at six, six a game, we're still talking a hundred targets on a season. Um, and Waller's going to bring in a high percentage of those. So I still look for him to finish with 70 to 75 receptions. Um, I think he finishes close to eight or 900 yards and it's going to be really those touchdowns. If he's, if he's healthy and on the field, I think it's going to come down to the touchdowns because he's got the talent to keep commanding targets from, from Derek Carr. So I'm going to let you take the next one. I know you, uh, I know you did Waller, but I know this was one of your, this is one of your favorite guys from last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I really liked him last year. He, yeah. TJ Hawkinson, Detroit lions are number six tight end. I think we both had him ranked number six. Uh, he finishes tight end 15 last season, 61 receptions, 583 yards, four touchdowns, missed five games, um, but was on pace for a tight end three finish last year. TJ Hawkinson is a guy that we, you know, we were just talking about with Waller. It's just a case of, can he stay healthy? I think it's the same with TJ Hawkinson. You know, the Detroit lions are not going to have mega superstars. And, you know, since they lost Calvin Johnson, that hasn't been their team. They're, they're, pretty bad. They're not going to win a whole lot of games. It's not going to be, nobody's excited to pick a Detroit Lion. But when we're talking tight end position, TJ Hawkinson is about as consistent as you can get. Almost six targets or sorry, almost six receptions a game in the games that he played. I think if that offense just improves even a little bit and he stays on the field, I think TJ Hawkinson is easily the tight end six and potentially Top five. I 100% agree with it. Um, I was not a huge fan of TJ going into last year. And, you know, you kind of made me a believer in him. Um, Not to mention, I mean, he is one of the few. The Lions have picked up a fifth-year option with him. And from everything that I'm reading in camp, they are uh, prioritizing a contract extension with him. Um, So you're not about to shell out that kind of money if you're not going to make him a priority. So um, yeah, I, I I like where I like where we have him ranked at number six. I I do think he has potential to be in that three four range. Yeah, absolutely. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I said, he's just got to stay on the field. Uh, again, was on pace for a tight end three finish last year. So look out for look out for TJ Hawkinson, a guy that <laughs> for me personally, not somebody that's falling in in the range where I'm looking to take a tight end. But if he is in your range of where you're looking to take a tight end, by all means, go for it. I think it's a, I think it's a safe pick this year. Definitely do. I would agree with that. So that brings us to our next one. Number seven. Um, one of, one of, one of my, one of my, I would say not sleepers, but I, I, I like him more and more every year. You know, he's, he's been around for a couple of years. I like him more and more every year. Uh, number seven, Dalton Schultz with the Dallas Cowboys. Let me tell you why I like Dalton Schultz. He is the only tight end other than Darren Waller, Kelsey, and Andrews are, you know, big three or big four, as it were, Mm -hmm. to score more fantasy points at the tight end position since the start of 2020. Okay. That's, that's interesting that I did not know. Not just that, but now that Amari Cooper is out, Dak Prescott is going to want something else. And not to mention, Schultz was getting 16% of the target share, and that was with Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb there. Amari Cooper is no longer there. As we know, he was traded to the Browns. I like Dalton Schultz. He is, other than the other guy that I'm going to bring up, he is probably one of my favorite sleepers. So I'm going to go ahead and say his name now because it's not my sleeper pick, obviously. But um, I like Dalton Schultz. I, I, I think he has the potential to be a top five. I think he can be a, a weekly winner uh, for people in DFS and a sneaky winner in some weekly uh, redrafts as well. Yeah, you know, uh, 
he's one of your sleepers, but he is my sleeper. Uh, tight end three last year, and for good reason. He was, like you said, used pretty heavily in that offense, and that's a very potent, good offense. 78 receptions, over 800 yards last year, caught eight touchdowns. You mentioned Noah Mari Cooper. Michael Gallup's coming off a torn ACL. You don't know when he's coming back. Dalton Schultz is going to be heavily involved in this offense. I think he has the potential to catch 90 passes or better in this offense. If Michael Gallup takes more time than what they're anticipating to come back, it's going to be C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz in the passing game. Zeke's going to get a few targets here and there, but it's going to mainly be those two in the passing game. And we all know that this offense is is potent. They they move the ball. They can score. Yeah, I I definitely Dalton Schultz is officially my sleeper pick for this year for the tight end spot. I think you know he finished tight end three last year. I think that is more than a possibility this year. And just so you guys know, this is really, truly, hopefully, this shows you how much we uh, we try to save everything for on air for you guys because. We had talked about making sleeper picks. I had no idea who his sleeper pick would be, so it kind of just came out. Yeah, normally yeah, normally we have that conversation uh, between the two of us. Uh, this year, yeah, all of our sleepers. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I, I do not want to use the term uh, that the other show that we listen to uses. Um, they call that person a my guy. It is the person that you personally feel is going to have the – I guess the one person that is underrated that you are that you feel like is going to have a great season that people are not talking about. Um, I guess we'll have to come up with our own name for that. But yeah, we will also be revealing that at some point as well. Um, yeah, you know Dalton Schultz again. I I had him ranked as my tight end five. I personally think he's going to be a top five tight end. I have him ranked above T.J. Hawkinson at six. Um, you actually had Darren Waller ranked fifth and Dalton Schultz ranked seventh. I had. Dalton Schultz ranked fifth, and I actually have Darren Waller ranked seventh. For me, I think he has a better season than both of the guys we just talked about. I'm not upset with where we have him ranked consensusly here. Um, at number seven, I think, yeah, I think that's a pretty good spot. You don't know, again, if Gallup does come back, there's that's going to be another mouth to feed. And let's be honest, there is the potential that the Cowboys offense is not going to be as potent as it has been in the past. Um, I disagree with that, but that's a realistic possibility. We also don't know what's going to happen with Zeke. And I mean, again, we say we like Schultz, you know, more than Waller and and TJ, but that's also us counting and banking on that Waller and TJ are probably going to miss some games. You know, if those two stay healthy, you know, I think it's going to be stride for stride with those three. I think a lot of the reason why we're basing this off talent and we never will rank off of what we think will happen as far as injury, but I think it's safe to say that we both think, you know, Waller and TJ, they're not playing the whole season. Um, Schultz has a better chance with that. So with that being said, you know, I do like Dalton Schultz as far as personally to draft over Waller and TJ, but I definitely think Waller and TJ have the potential talent-wise, team-wise to have a better season than Schultz. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I am looking at another Cowboy earlier on in in my draft potentially. So, you know, if that doesn't pan out, Dalton Schultz is 100% a target of mine. Um, I, I really feel like, in all honesty, after doing more research, I really feel like I should have fought a little more to rank him higher on this list. I feel like out of everybody on this list, he is definitely ranked the lowest. Matter of fact... We have him with the largest projected drop as far as tight ends go. He was tight end three last year. We have him projected to finish tight end seven. So that is, again, that's the lowest drop out of everybody. And I really don't think that that's going to be the, the case for him. I, I really don't. I think he has a great season. Again, I think he has the potential to catch 90-plus passes. Um, he has just a, a really good catch rate. Um, catches a lot of the passes that are thrown his way. And yeah, I think he, I think he has the potential to be in that tight end two range by the end of the year. I really, I really do. And I agree with you, but just to kind of give our listeners some insight, 
the reason why it kind of ended up like this wasn't just because we like like I said before, we rank based off talent and potential. We'll never rank based off whether we think guys are going to be injured or not. No, you can never you can never predict injuries. So that's, that's with that being board. said, I one hundred percent agree with you. I just think talent wise, the people ahead of him where we have him ranked are more talented on better teams as far as potential for that. Um I just I, I I just agree with you. I don't think a lot of guys ahead of him stay healthy. Um, I don't know if I would give him the tight end two range. I definitely think he has the potential three or four range. Um, but yeah, I, I think of sheer volume. Um, being that when I when I say that, you know, we have Mark Andrews ranked second. That is an offense that's not going to pass the ball pass the ball very much. Um, and Dalton Schultz is on the Cowboys, which is an offense that we know is going to pass the ball quite often. So. That was just a sheer volume prediction. I think with having nobody else on that offense, I think that that's, that's definitely a possibility for him. Um, but let me ask you a question about um, Schultz. Do you think Dalton Schultz gets more targets than Darren Waller does on the Raiders? Mm. I mean, you kind of already know my answer on that because that was one of my concerns that we brought up earlier. Um, I do. I do think Dalton Schultz gets more volume. Okay. Uh, do you think the Cowboys offense is better than the Raiders offense? Do you, sorry, no, let do me, not. let me rephrase. Do you think it will be more, do you think it will be better than the Raiders offense? I do not. Okay. Okay. Um, and do you think TJ Hawkinson will get more targets? <sighs> than Dalton Schultz? Yeah. Mm. Injury aside, yes, because there's other okay. weapons okay. from the Cowboys. You know, Zeke still does get his check downs as a running back. C.D. Lamb is still an option. We don't know what's going to happen with Michael Gallup. We went back and talked. T.J. is, like, their only option um, other than, you know, DeAndre Swift, who does catch balls out of the backfield. T.J. is their guy. T.J. is their Kyle Pitts, their Mark Andrews, like we said, as being, like, that only target. So, yeah, I do. I do think, barring injury, TJ ends up with more targets than Schultz. Yeah, I mean, you actually spot on uh, right on the nose with that uh, with that stat there. Weeks 1 through 17, so the fantasy season last year, um, the Cowboys 111 targets to the running back spot, 124 to the tight end spot. The Lions, almost the complete opposite, 122 to the running back and 111 to the tight end. So, yeah, the tight end... Targets are pretty close, uh, just a few off. Um, yeah, I definitely think, uh, personally, I think that, I think Schultz gets more targets at the tight end spot um, than TJ Hawkinson. Bah, but yeah, that's that's going to be a close one. I, I don't know. The numbers point to Hawkinson being, being better, um, but again, it's going to come down to the injury. Uh, he missed five games last year. And that's where, where you were just saying, you know, we don't really predict injuries around here. That's not what we do. Um, if Hawkinson plays games and he plays all of them, I think he definitely finishes right around that five or six range. Dalton Schultz, yeah, he's probably going to play the whole year. But again, it's the inconsistency. Will that offense still be as good as before? Um, you know, that remains to be seen. I have high hopes personally. You said you don't think they're going to be quite as good, so... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. But who we got at number eight here? Before we go on, I just want to say it's not that I think they're not going to be as good. I just there's there's more variables for me, and I know this. Oh, absolutely, I agree. More variables for the Cowboys' offense than the Lions, and I say that not saying the Lions' offense is better. I think you know exactly what you're getting from the Lions' offense. Period. Good, bad, happy, or sad. You know what you're getting from that. Um, I feel like with the moving pieces, not knowing which Zeke you're going to get, um, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with Michael Gallup, if we think CD can be the dude or not, now that Amari Cooper's not there, I think there's too many variables. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I disagree, but I don't, uh, I don't have an argument for you there, honestly. Fair enough. I mean, it's, well, it sounds like it's one of those agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah. Um, number eight, though, moving on, Zach Ertz, tight end five last year. Let me let me tell you about about Zach Ertz. Tell me about Zach Ertz because this one this one was an interesting one for me. I'm 
I'm not as big of a believer as you are, but you you made some very interesting points about Zach. Ertz. I am not that big of a believer um, in Zach Ertz as far as my personal team. Now, if I was giving somebody fantasy advice, I would say go for it because he was tight end five last year, played on two different teams um, after the sixth game of the season, was traded to Arizona, and after going to Arizona was on pace for a tight end four finish. He was on pace for 86 receptions, 885 yards, and five touchdowns. Right now, you can get him. And now, when we talk fantasy drafts, we talk in terms of a 10-man league. Um, We always draft, and we have a 10-man league together that we're in, um, so we always talk in terms of that. But right now, he is going at the 10.06, so the sixth pick of the 10th round. You can get Zach Ertz. You were talking earlier on um, that if you cannot get, you know, Travis Kelsey in a good spot or Mark Andrews in a good spot that you feel comfortable in, you're fine with punting tight end to the later rounds, eight, nine, tenth round. You can get Zach Ertz right now in the middle of the tenth round. And love it again. Last year, it's not the sexiest pick in the world. Nobody's excited to have Zach Ertz as their as their starting tight end. Um, but again. Going to the Arizona Cardinals, it's a great offense. Tight end four finish was what he was on pace for. So imagine, you know, he's going to play 17 games with him this year. Just think about what he could do. I mean, I don't hate that. I mean, I'm looking at it now, you know. I, it, you know, it's very clear he is the biggest winner as far as, you know, the DeAndre Hopkins suspension, um, you know, last four weeks. And I want to bring this up because Hopkins was injured last year, right? Yeah, um, yeah, he missed some games last year, yes. He missed the last four weeks of the season, actually. Yes. While he was injured, Zach Ertz was the tight end four over that stretch. Okay. And was getting 24% of the target share. So, with that being said, I'm not a huge fan of Zach Ertz, but if he's sitting there in the ninth or tenth round, knowing the suspension, knowing what he was doing last year, I have zero issues taking him. I think he is a great sleeper pick. I think he's a great one to punt to that you can maximize whatever you need to for the first six weeks with him. Um, so, yeah, I like it. My only concern would be um, how, how much is he going to get looked at? You know, um, the Cardinals still did bring in Hollywood Brown. I would feel a lot better about this pick if they hadn't, didn't have anyone else. Um, so I 100% they did agree in, with that. They did bring in Hollywood Brown. So for me, it's a it's it, it makes me pause. I'm not concerned, but it definitely makes me pause. Um, but yeah, if he's sitting there in the ninth, tenth round, I have zero issues taking him at that spot. Absolutely, you know. And just one question with Zach Ertz. You know, you just said the last four weeks he was tight end four. After being traded to Arizona uh, week seven, he was on pace to finish tight end four. He finished last year overall as tight end five. It seems like the four five range is where all of his stats point to. Why do we have him ranked so low? I mean, I, I, I know personally I had him ranked at tight end number eight. Um, I think you had him ranked right around there at nine, I believe, eight or nine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, why for you personally, why everything points to a, a top five finish. Why don't you think that is going to happen for him this year? For me, it goes back to the same argument that we made for Darren Waller. There's a lot of talent on that team. Um, and you don't know who's going to get the ball. To To his credit, Kyler Murray is very good at spreading the ball out. He runs the ball. James Conner is their touchdown machine, even though I think he'll regress a little bit on the goal line. I think all of the guys, with the exception of, let's say, Dalton Schultz that I'm looking at. Yeah, I would literally say Dalton Schultz because Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Kittle, Waller, TJ, all of them are getting those goal line looks, in my opinion. When the Cardinals are at the goal line, it's the same thing. Kiff um, Kingsbury is not um, unpredictable. He's running James Conner up the middle. So for me, touchdowns are king when it comes to drafting a tight end, as you know. I have him ranked that low because I'm not confident he's going to get the look on the goal line ahead of these other guys. 
So we got number nine. Uh, tell us who. Tell us who we got for number nine. I know this is. Uh, I know this is somebody that you talked about quite a bit this offseason. Yeah, we were. We were actually going to wait until the end to reveal sleepers. I accidentally revealed yours, so I'm going to go ahead and reveal mine. Um, I love Dawson Knox. He is. There's no secret. I've rolled with him the last couple seasons, more so last year than the year before in our fantasy draft. Um, I love me some Dawson Knox. Um, he is also probably the most dangerous tight end we have on this list because, let's be real, he is very touchdown dependent. However, when this man has a game, does he have a fucking game, Nick? Um, for me, he is still getting 14% of the target share. And again, when it comes to the goal line, he is Josh Allen's favorite person. Um and where he where we have him at the nine spot, and I believe ADP he is going at the one oh one, so tenth round, eleventh round, um, as a potential top five for me. I love it. Dawson Knox is my guy, he is my sleeper. Yeah, I you know, I'm not as crazy on Dawson Knox. Um I kind of was at first, then I looked into the numbers a little bit more. You know, he's a great player. He has an elite catch percentage uh he catches over 69 percent of the targets that are thrown his way that is up there with the andrews and the travis kelsey's of the world um my biggest problem with him the bills just don't target tight ends that often um fourth fewest targets and the second lowest target percentage to tight ends last year he just needs to be more involved in this offense he had nine touchdowns last year, which is a big reason why he finished tight end eight. Um, right above him last year, a guy that just missed our list, actually, at number 11, Dallas Goddard. He finished number nine last year. He had 56 receptions. Um, Dawson Knox had 49 receptions, seven catches less, uh, about 250 yards less, but he had five touchdowns more. He had nine touchdowns last year. The only way I see him finishing any higher than we have him at eight or nine, um, I had him ranked 10th in my personal rankings. The only way I see him get higher than that is by getting, just being more involved in that offense. But Stefan Diggs, you have Gabe Davis in front of him. You have the best quarterback in football, arguably playing right now with him. The volume's going to be there. It's just a matter of whether or not he can be involved. Um, again, he's got the talent, elite catch percentage. Yeah. To like, yeah, it just comes down to, to the involvement. I think Dawson Knox has a lot of potential, but they have to, Josh Allen has to start looking his way more for him to be somebody that I would consider, uh, with a later pick. Even, I, I think even the 11th round, you know, at that point, you're probably going to end up streaming tight ends most of the time in week to week matchups. No, I, I, I agree. Like I said, for me, he's my sleeper just because I agree with you. They got to look at him more. But again, when it comes to the goal line, he's getting those looks. So again, if I'm punting tight ends and I'm taking a shot on someone getting me a touchdown or two every game, I'd much rather go with Dawson Knox here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll say this. I think... If he is more involved in that offense, I, I, I think your sleeper pick is is a good one. Um, he he did have, you know, like the, I think he had the third most, yeah, he had the third most uh, targets at tight end last year in the red zone. So he made the most out of those. You know, nine of those were, were caught for touchdown passes uh, or were caught for touchdowns. Yeah, I just think a little bit more involvement in that offense, and and yeah, you know that's a that's a really good sleeper pick. If that happens, he's got the potential to 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 finish pretty high, uh, top three, top five range. I don't think is out of the question if he catches twenty more passes this season. To finish us out, who do we got at number ten? Number ten uh, was tight end tight end ten last year, uh, Mike Gesicki from the Miami Dolphins. And this is one that I think has a lot of potential, uh, not one that I'm willing to make a prediction on. Um, but last season, yeah. 73 catches, 780 yards, only two touchdowns. Um, but the Dolphins, I mentioned earlier that only one team targeted the tight end more than the Ravens last year. 
that team was the Dolphins. They targeted the tight end position 29% of the time. They targeted wide receivers, the seventh lowest. That could change a little bit this year. Um, Jalen Waddell, great emerging star. Obviously, they could start targeting the wide receivers a little more often, tight ends a little bit less. But here's the weird thing for me that kind of got me away from the Mike Gesicki train. Their backup tight end, Durham Smythe. He takes about two and a half targets per game from Mike Gesicki. Now, over a 17-game season, roughly 40 targets, two and a half, that's about 40 targets, give or take, over the course of a season that he's taking away from Mike Gesicki. Now, you give 20 more targets to Mike Gesicki, I think he is easily in that tight end four to five range last year. He's probably going to catch 85 to 90 balls last year if you give him those targets. He's got all the metrics to be a top-tier tight end. But for some reason, he just doesn't get it done. I think, you know, I've never been a big fan of Tua. You know that. I've never been shy about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that might have something to do with it. But I just found it really weird that his backup was taking two and a half targets a game away from him. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. Um, I'm, you know, I was never a football coach or anything. I don't know the X's and O's behind that. If there is a, a reason or anything behind that, but I just found that kind of weird. Normally, you worry about the backup eating targets and eating touches from the running back. Mike Gesicki is one of the few people that has a backup that eats his targets. So I guess for me. And I thought about this. I actually wanted to really dive into Gasicki because, you know, I feel like I, if, if you recall, I feel like I was very up and down on Gasicki last year. I feel like there were some weeks where I told you he was going to kill it, and there were some weeks I would avoid him like the plague. My biggest downfall is the obvious. It's going to be a run-heavy offense with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill alongside of that. All right? Um... He, he, he doesn't get yards after the catch. That's one thing I was looking at. Um, you have a lot of those top-tier tight ends that are able to get the ball and run over people, and he's only about three yards after the catch. You know, that's 41st out of 42 tight ends last year. Like, that's – it's just not good. But – when the man is consistent, he is because he was the tight end six from weeks three to 15 last week or last year, 11.5 fantasy points per game and 94 of his snaps came lined up in the slot. Now I do think that's not going to happen this year with the addition of Tyreek Hill, but for me where he's going, I would take a shot on him. where he's going ADP wise. I would take a shot on him simply because he is consistent when he wants to be. And I know that doesn't make a lot of sense to our listeners, but what I mean is when he is targeted, he is targeted. Like, two is only looking at him when he's having that kind of game. So I go back and forth on Gasicki. I definitely am a little more gun-shy than I would if they didn't have Tyreek Hill. I think I'd be a little – I honestly think – Mike Gesicki would probably be my sleeper over Dawson Knox if there wasn't the addition of Tyreek Hill, if I'm being completely honest, um, because I like what I'm hearing and seeing out of Tua from camp. But, um, yeah, uh, but I definitely will say for um, for keeper leagues, watch him. Man's only 26 years old. We talked about Travis Kelsey getting old, some of these other people getting old. So Mike Gesicki would definitely be on my watch list if you're talking uh, keeper league or dynasty league. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like I said, they only targeted – the um, they only targeted the wide receiver position, or they were the seventh lowest, excuse me, in wide receiver targets last year among all teams. That's definitely going to change with Tyreek Hill coming in, you know. But even if it goes down, even if that target percentage goes down a few a few points for for Gesicki, he's still going to be among the most targeted tight ends in the entire league. Um, Tua likes likes his tight ends. Like I said, for me, it just comes down to how much are they still going to use the backup and how much are they going to rotate those bodies in and out. If they keep Gasicki on the field for a percentage of snaps comparable to some of them top-tier tight ends, I think he has that potential, even with Tyreek Hill coming in. Um, I think it's going to open up the field more for him. Um, obviously, Tyreek Hill is going to catch a lot of double teams. 
So yeah, look out for him. You know, they also have Jalen Waddle, like I said, out there on the on the other side. So a lot of speed on the outside that the defenders are going to have to cover. That could leave Mike Gesicki open, and like you just said, he played a lot in the slot last year, so he's used to that. That's probably going to be where he's going to be, you know, lining up if they when they put Hill outside. But Hill, Waddle, Gesicki, I think all three of them are going to see time in the slot and on the outside. I really think that offense is going to be interchangeable and they're going to be all over the field and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. 100%. I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how that's going to work. And I know you had an honorable mention you wanted to throw out there, right? Uh, not really an honorable mention. We just had uh, you know a little, little extra there. Uh, Dallas Goddard uh, came in at number 11. I had him ranked ninth on my list. You know, I just, that for me, that pick is mainly... Jalen Hurts, I, I, I predict a slight uptick in a slight uptick in his production this year. You know, Goddard had 56 catches, 830 yards last year. He he gets a lot of you know. You were talking about yards after the catch. Goddard gets a lot of yards per target, or I'm sorry, per reception. Very high, very high. I just I think it's going to come down to how much of a how much an improvement Jalen Hurts makes. And like I said, my prediction is he's going to make a slight improvement and that's going to reflect on Dallas, Dallas Goddard. And I think, I think he has a pretty good, pretty good finish this year. Well, I think that wraps us up. Uh, where are we going Thursday, Nick? Thursday, we will be back. Uh, Thursday, we are going to do running backs. Uh, we will give our consensus top 10, um, that's going to be a good one. There are a lot of good running backs. Obviously, you know, if you if anybody's been doing... Are we doing running backs or are we doing receivers? We're going to do running backs on Thursday. We'll do receivers okay. the following week, and then the week after that will be our mock draft uh, from the 2 spot and from the 10 spot at the turn, the 10-11 turn. So stay tuned for that. That is going to be a lot of fun. Um, the running backs are going to be... Running backs are going to be interesting. I know I already got my list together. Um, you know, we may even do top 15. Who knows? Um, you know, we haven't done a whole lot the last couple of weeks, obviously. So, you know, we'll, uh, well, we'll get to that on Thursday. Like I said, the running backs, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, everybody stay tuned for that. No, I'm excited. Um, like I said, and also shout out um, in the comments, if you guys have any questions for us, you know, um, this is one of our, you know, favorite topics. Um, we, we make no secret about this. We, we are both sports fanatics, but, um, a lot of our friendship was cultivated in the competitive grind of fantasy football. Um, so you guys have questions, you guys have topics you want us to talk about. Let us know in the comments. We have uh, zero issues doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Let us know. We, uh, we'd love to hear, love to hear the input. Well, that will do it for us. As always, my name is Jonathan and I'm the Ebony. And my name is Nick and I'm the Ivory.